Hey everyone, Gofen here. Two quick things before we start this month's episode. Uh, first off, this episode has English and French in it. So if you speak French, you should pause this episode and go listen to the alternate version. It's in the original languages without translation. Um, it should be the next episode on your feed, episode 3B. Um, and second off, for all of you, I really want to hear your thoughts. So when you're done listening, download the app Anchor. Um, look me up by name, Ngofen Putubwele, and leave an audio message. Um, it helps me hear your thoughts and also hopefully can start a conversation. Again, my username on there is my name, Ngofen, N-G-O-F-E-E-N, Putubwele. And with that, let's get to the episode. go to bed, wake up the next morning, think, okay, well, was it true what happened last night? And you turn on the TV again, and it's the same footage again and again and again. When the stampede happened, I looked at those stairs and I said, Andrew, go now. C'était euh, la, la crispation, en fait, d'apprendre que c'était en train d'arriver et qu'on qu faisait partie, en fait, de, de tout ça. Je me rappelle que c'était un vendredi, quoi, que, que j'étais trop content parce que c'était mes premières deux semaines de vacances euh, réelles. I remember that it was a Friday and that I was really happy because it was my first two weeks of vacation. Euh, depuis que j'étais arrivé, donc début septembre, dans mon service. Since I had arrived at the beginning of September in my unit. Pour mes vacances, j'avais pas prévu grand chose, je crois, mis à part me reposer, prendre du recul et. Euh, For my vacation, I hadn't planned a lot of things besides getting some rest, taking a break, getting some exercise. Euh, voilà, des choses somme toute euh, banales quoi. Just normal things. In general, I was excited about the day. I was excited. I, I, I had never done this before, where I had hopped on a train just to go to a soccer game. You know, this was a 12-hour trip there and back to watch two really cool teams play each other. It was a friendly game, but it was pretty much me against my friend who lives in Paris. Kind of a fun rivalry to share for this game. Um, I woke up that day and I probably thought, oh my God, I have to go to work. I had just had a big, like, major change in my job. I felt like I was not good enough to help my team. So I felt a lot overwhelmed with work. I guess I was really looking forward to that day to end because we had planned to go to Berlin. Like I had um, taken a day off on the Monday, so three days to Berlin. It was, I guess, what I was thinking of on the Friday morning. So when I arrived at work that day, I didn't really care too much about work. Pretty much, I was just waiting for that clock to hit noon so I could, so I could bust out and, and head to my train. And I'm pretty sure I thought this was the most important game on the face of the planet. The president of France was going to be there, and also it's France-Germany. People make a big deal out of it, um, and I'd say especially the French. My name is Andy Naunheimer. I'm an architect. And I live in Wiesbaden, Germany, with my wife and young son. Donc, je m'appelle Kevin. Je suis policier. My name is Kevin. I'm a police officer. Je suis originaire d'une petite ville en province. 
de Chartres. Mais à cette époque-là, j'habitais dans le 12e arrondissement. Donc je pense que cette journée, j'ai pas beaucoup de souvenirs parce que j'en avais pas, pas grand-chose à faire. Euh, dans le sens où moi je me focalisais sur la fin de la journée. My first sighting of my friends was in uh, Gare de Lyon. They were coming from another train station and came in through the, through the side entry. And we held up our phones to each other and just laughed. So there were actually three of us going to the game. Um, me, my friend who lives in Paris, and a third friend of ours who was passing through on his whirlwind tour of the world um, and timed it perfectly to stop in Paris and go to this game with us. So by the end of the day, you know, it's quite late, but I'm happy because I'm going to the restaurant with friends and then the next day we're off to our long weekend that was well deserved. So yeah, I guess I was relieved that day after work. The problem with being at a good cafe and a good restaurant is um, you lose track of the time. So we just kept eating and then we look at our at our watch and it's... I think it was like 7.15, 7.30, and we said, shoot, you know, by the time we get on the metro, head down to the stadium, walk fast, we'll be at the game, maybe at kickoff. J'ai un de mes meilleurs amis, Nico, qui, pour fêter le week-end, euh, fait une petite soirée chez lui, dans son petit 15 mètres carrés. One of my friends, Nico, threw a party to celebrate the weekend in his tiny, tiny apartment. En, en fait, je, je vais tellement chez Nicolas que je connais son code d'entrée par cœur. Actually, I go to his house so often that I know his entry code by heart. Et euh, <laughs> du coup, j'ai pas eu besoin de sonner. So I didn't have to get buzzed euh, in. Euh, donc j'ai fait son code d'entrée, je suis rentré. I put in his entry code, I went in the building, donc, coup, I went bah, towards his door, and, and I just kept knocking, 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 going, open up, open up, open up. J'ai pas arrêté de toquer, like toquer, toquer, tu vois, toquer. Et puis euh, j'étais là genre, ah, ouvre-moi, ouvre-moi, ouvre-moi. <laughs> Comme d'habitude, bah, voilà. When we got off the train, I could see the lights of the stadium. That's something always that, that's hit me. When I can see the stadium, when I can see the lights, that's when I really get psyched. All we're hearing is just cheering and people yelling in French and a few yelling in German back. So that was exciting. The stadium was packed. It was sold out. There was 80,000 people at this game. So we're, we're minutes to kick off. They're going to do the coin toss. They're gonna, the captains are going to shake hands. We got to our seats. We just look at each other and say, we're here. Um, yeah, and the crowd, is, the crowd is in a frenzy. And yeah, the mood was good. So it was a small restaurant. Uh, like not a lot of light, very, the atmosphere was nice. And we were seated apart from each other, like two tables of two. I guess girls seated next to each other and facing the boys. And then I remember Bertrand 
he's always on his phone watching the push notifications from the sports app and so he's a big fan of soccer so i just you know it's okay he does that all the time but then you know the look on his face it was just starting to get a little bit worrying because yeah he started getting push notifications from um that uh newspaper app le monde on a su en fait euh, via la, la sœur de Pierre. We found out from Pierre's sister who sent him a text message. Pour lui dire écoute est-ce que tu vas bien? Saying listen are you okay? Alors du coup on s'est regardé elle est un peu elle un peu perché ta sœur elle est un peu bizarre. Euh, pourquoi elle demande ça quoi? So we all looked at each other and we're like your sister's kind of weird why is she asking that? Donc du coup lui lui demande oui je vais bien enfin je suis chez Nico. Pourquoi and so he asks, yeah, I'm fine, I'm at Nico's place. Why? Et donc là, elle dit, écoute, euh, il se passe des trucs sur Paris. Apparemment, il y aurait peut-être un attentat. And she says, well, listen, it sounds like there might be something going on in Paris. Apparently, there might be an attack. First one was, okay, there's a shooting uh, in Paris. And then we got a little bit more details. There's a shooting in the 11th district. And now you're like, oh, okay, that's where we live. Then I guess the news that we had was, okay, there's actually several uh, shootings now. And there's like 11 dead already. During the first half, maybe about, I don't, I don't remember when it was, 15, 20 minutes in, there was a big boom. And it sounded like firework. It really did. It sounded like an M80. It sounded like somebody had just either outside the stadium or even in the stadium had just lit a firework and went boom. And the crowd kind of went, ooh. You know, and my friends and I looked at each other and was like, hmm, maybe it was a firework. You know, the, the crowd was excited. Everybody was in a good mood still. The first half wasn't that old. And then the second one happened. And that one shook your chest. Like when you're at a rock concert and the drummer hits um, the bass drum and you feel that in your chest, that's exactly what that sounded like and what it felt like. And the problem was, on the second boom, we saw a bunch of security just take off running. On savait pas du tout. We didn't know at all. Uh, combien d'attaques y avait. How many attacks there were. Et où dans Paris. And where in Paris. On savait qu'il y en avait dans le 11e. We knew that there were some in the 11th arrondissement. On savait qu'il y avait... Uh, qui avait des attaques, qui avait eu des attaques à, à Saint-Denis, des explosions. We knew that there had been attacks, there had been explosions at Saint-Denis, soccer stadium. Mais on savait pas s'il allait y en avoir d'autres dans Paris en fait. But we didn't know if there would be others in Paris. Et donc du coup, il y a eu euh, donc, cette espèce de crispation, de tension. And so there was this sense of tension. Et ensuite, il s'est transformé en peur. Which then turned into fear. Et euh, il voulait, enfin, aucun des, aucune des, des autres personnes qui étaient avec moi voulait sortir. No one else in the apartment wanted to go outside. C'était euh, la, la crispation en fait d'apprendre que c'était en train d'arriver. Et qu'on qu faisait partie en fait de, de tout ça. And that we were a part of it all. At halftime, that's when the shit hit the fan. Immediately, phones started going off. My friend got a flurry of texts I could hear ringing around me. People in the stadium started finding out what was happening outside the stadium about the hostage situation, about the shootings at the restaurants. I guess it's when my mom called and she wouldn't usually call me after nine. So she was a bit stressed and she was like, oh, where are you? Because 
we're in in front of the TV and they're saying that there's a there's a shooting in Paris. So where are you? So you know, well, well, we're just at a restaurant. Don't worry, mom. We're good. It's probably nothing. We didn't see it, but there were reports um, from people in the stadium that said at halftime, um, the president uh, immediately left. Well, that might have even happened before. But I remember, I remember that everybody was saying, "Oh yeah, he left, and he left in a hurry." And people were kind of focusing and concentrating on, "Okay, what do we do when we go home? Um, what's the deal with public transit?" Because. Towards the end of the game, we got word that the entire metro was shut down, that they just stopped the metro. And, you know, that's when I told Andrew, I said, they can't do that. There's 80,000 people here at the stadium. Maybe it was just me, but I was trying to catch other people's uh, looks in the restaurant, like trying to figure out if they were aware of what we knew and what's going on and it seemed like they were all just having you know normal dinner um so then i tried to look at the waitress and and waiter waiters and even them seemed just you know like in in the rush of their job so it felt a little bit unreal we seemed to be the only ones who knew and started to feel a little bit anxious about it. Moi j'étais hyper frustré en fait, j'avais qu'une envie, c'était d'y aller. I was super frustrated and I only wanted to do one thing, which was leave. Et euh, je me suis fait engueuler. And everyone started kind of yelling at me. Je peux je peux pas rester là. At a certain point I put on my shoes and I was like I can't stay here. Je peux pas rester là en sachant ce qui se passe et euh, et, et et en restant ici. I can't stay here knowing what's happening and just stay here. Je peux pas, c'est pas possible. I can't. It's not possible. Et euh, en fait, bah là, ils se sont mis euh, à 5, ils ont commencé à me parler, ils ont commencé à moitié à m'engueuler, en à moitié en même temps, ouais, je comprends, mais il faut que tu restes. So then all five of them basically started half yelling at me, saying like, yeah, I understand, but you have to stay. Ils me disaient, euh, they were saying, c'est trop dangereux, euh, it's too dangerous, tu peux pas y aller, you can't go, t'as même pas ton arme, you don't even have your gun. Euh, tu sais pas ce qui se passe. You don't know what's happening. Tu arriveras pas, tu arriveras pas à aller jusque là-bas euh, tout seul. You won't even be able to get there by yourself. Euh, voilà, donc euh, voilà. Et en fait, moi, j'étais, j'étais tellement frustré. Enfin, j'étais prêt à faire n'importe quoi pour aller là-bas juste pour aider quoi. And I was just really frustrated. I wanted to do whatever I could to just to get there, just to help at least. Euh, au moins pour aider en fait tous les blessés. Il y avait besoin de main d'œuvre en fait. At least to help, to help all the wounded. They needed a hand. We didn't really know what we were going to do. We we didn't know if we would be able to catch the metro because from the latest news the, there was a, a shooting that was still going on um, at Oberkampf uh, metro station. So that's on line 9th, which is our line to get back home. What, what, what do we do? Do we take a Uber or do, do we walk home? Are we safe here? Are we not safe here? They're obviously continuing to play the game. But it was like a good hour walk. Um, so we decided, okay, let's, let's just try and catch a metro home. We'll see. Je voulais partir pour être un policier. I wanted to go to be a police officer. Et faire mon travail. And do my job. Et, je vais... <laughs> Et on me demandait de rester. And they were asking me to stay. Et je me suis aussi, enfin, je me suis aussi euh, forcé à rester. Hein. Faut, 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 
faut être clair, mais aussi pour, euh, stay, pour faire clair, mais, mais aussi pour faire mon job comme policier, pour rassurer les gens. Je pense que ma présence en fait, rassurait du fait que j'étais policier, alors que concrètement, je ne faisais pas grand-chose, à part bouillir. Je pense que le fait que j'étais là et que j'étais un policier était rassurant, même si concrètement, je ne faisais rien. Ça se boiling inside. Le seul truc que je suis allé faire, c'était aller chercher des bières. The only thing I did was go get some beers. So we didn't actually leave until the game ended. And when the game ended, uh, immediately there was an announcement that um, the public transit system had been shut down in the center of Paris, but that trains were still running um, from the stadium. What we did is we, we left the stadium, um, we walked down, and um, we were walking down the steps of one of the big, yeah, one of the big staircases coming down from the stadium. And we were supposed to meet Micah. He was actually sitting in another part of the stadium, and we had arranged um, a specific, uh, specific location for us to meet afterwards. And if you can imagine, um, kind of a large plaza um, that's raised above the street, where you're blocked in on three sides, and it, there's only one direction to run, and that direction narrows. And Andrew and I were already there waiting. Uh, we're waiting for about five minutes. And then all of a sudden we heard a couple small bangs, um, what sounded like firecrackers maybe. And then we saw people running. We found ourselves literally in the middle of a stampede. And it literally went from zero to 60 in about three seconds where people started running and started screaming. And at this point, you know, your mind is racing. You have no idea what's going on. Is there a shooter? Is there a bomb? You know, we already heard everything that was happening around Paris. You have no idea. Because of that, you know, I'm going through in my mind. I'm really saying, oh, shit, this is where people die. We started feeling like there was real danger coming out of that restaurant. So we we caught one metro, but the, the, the metro was very slow and we could see that nine uh, out of the nine stops, three were like marked red. They would do it. They would they wouldn't stop. Strasbourg Saint-Denis, République and Oberkampf. So obviously three stations where that thing was happening we knew from the news and I remember so everyone on, on the metro seemed again not aware of what's got what was going on and then at a moment I remember this guy French guy saying oh 34 now just that he was he was alone I guess he was on his phone and okay so in my mind I'm like 34 Could it be that now the, 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 the news is saying there's, the, there's 34 dead people? Before the game, I noticed sets of stairs um, exiting this plaza. And they were really discreet, really hard to see. If you were in a stampede, you would never notice them because you'd be panicking. When the stampede happened, 
I looked at those stairs and I said, Andrew, go now. I don't think I've ever gripped somebody so hard in my life by the arm because we didn't want to get separated. I had nowhere else to go and didn't know what to do. And when 5,000 people are running uh, across the plaza, you're never going to find the person if you lose them. We were able to make our way down the flight of stairs relatively quickly, and then we were in an open street. But then it was like, oh my God, where's Micah? And do we really want to go back up to the plaza? Because that's where we have to go to meet him. And that's what we said. So we ended up waiting about another 10 minutes and then made our way up to the plaza again. And sure enough, he was standing at the pole like nothing had ever happened. He had no idea that there had been a stampede. It was, it was started and over that fast. So when we finally get to Sharon, our metro stop, we, we got off. I remember being a little bit anxious because it supposedly was happening in the neighborhood, like it, and we didn't, we didn't really know what it was. So we walk up to the street and then it was just empty, nothing. You could, couldn't hear anything really, empty and dark. Dans la rue, c'était hyper calme. The street was super calm. C'était assez perturbant. It's actually pretty disturbing. Je pense qu'en fait tout le monde était scotché sur son soit sa télévision, soit sur son PC pour avoir des nouvelles. I think everyone was stuck to their computers or to the televisions to get news. Et en fait la rue était vraiment complètement déserte quoi. J'ai jamais vu le quartier aussi calme. And so the road was completely deserted. I've never seen the neighborhood so calm. The last thing that happened, we ended up getting on the train, um, and that took us to the stop right before they closed. Um, the, the middle city stops in Paris and we got out and from there we were going to walk to um, a friend of Andrew's who had an apartment there and we were going to spend the night uh, because we had nowhere else to go and we actually couldn't get home. What was really scary is during our walk, um, you know, you're walking through Paris streets which are supposed to be romantic and nice and lit well. You know, we saw SWAT. We saw French SWAT, French special police you know, in firing positions, in tactical positions on the street, clearing buildings and motioning us to hurry up and walk. So these quiet Paris streets or these beautiful romantic Paris streets that we're supposed to be walking down are actually terrifying alleyways where people could jump out or shoot or kill or do whatever they want in an instant. But anyway, we rushed to the apartment when we, we got there. So it was probably around 11.30 p.m. First thing we did was turn on the, the TV for the news channel, live news channel, and, you know, try and figure out what had happened and what was still happening. And that's when we realized that a block away from our house, there had been a shooting, and I guess more than 10 people died at the restaurant. We, we kept watching the news, And I was like, okay, come on, it's, it's late. We have to catch our plane tomorrow. We need to get some rest. And Bertrand was sitting on the couch, just stuck to the television. Like he couldn't get his eyes off it. And I told him, okay, maybe an hour after we got home, I told him, you know, you should come to bed and get some rest. And he was like, just 
there's just no way there's too much happening it's too it's too horrible i have to like i have to see i have to see it come to an end and that's when he, he decided that we wouldn't go to berlin the next day i guess he you know watched the news until maybe 2:30, and you go to bed so after seeing the french um special police um it wasn't more than two minutes before we made it to uh, andrew's friend's house and um and essentially we stayed up for two three hours Um, watching the news. Moi j'ai dit à Nico que j'allais j'allais rester dormir chez lui parce qu'en plus j'habitais bah, pas très loin de Sharon et tout, bah, ça craignait un peu que je rentre. I told Nico that I was going to stay and sleep at his place because I didn't live far from Sharon and it would have been a little risky to go there. On va se coucher, euh, il était peut-être 3 4 heures du mat. Euh... So we went to bed, it was like 3 or 4 in the morning. Euh, on, on va se coucher, ouais, on était pff, on était toi moi j'étais rincé, tu vois, j'avais fait euh, quasiment une journée non-stop sans dormir en fait. So we go to bed and I was just wiped. I was tired. I'd been up for like almost a whole day. Donc, euh, j'étais vraiment rincé de chez rincé. So yeah, I was just wiped, really wiped. Honestly, when I went to bed, I was only thinking that if we were not going to Berlin, it would be a horrible weekend because I really needed to to get away from it all, like it all being my life. And I guess what I first thought was, oh, damn, why did it have to happen now? And I know it's very selfish, but there's sometimes in your life when you just, you know, sometimes it's just you that matters. And it's, it's only been a few days after that I understood Bertrand's decision. We probably got up around nine, turned the news back on and kept seeing the same footage. But Bertrand really felt like he wanted to just walk around the neighborhood and, you know, pay his respects. Um, so we did. And I felt so uncomfortable when we got in front of that restaurant, um, La Belle Equipe. So it translates to the, the good team, I guess. Um, right across the corner, really. And on the left, there's a sushi place. On the right, there was a very old bakery. And opposite, on the other side of the street, there was like a beauty salon. And first thing I, re like I noticed, it there was a hole in the beauty salon uh, window from a gunshot and there was a cat inside of it like inside the beauty salon and I remember people like walking by and like some people were taking picture of that kitten thinking oh that's so cute and you're like are you serious no <laughs> I don't think you understand what happened just happened here so I was mad and I really felt out of place because I could see all these people crying, like obviously they had lost someone and I felt like I shouldn't have been there because it, like it was not my turn yet. Like I could come later to pay my respect, but now was not the time for me. So yeah, I think that was not our turn to, to be there, like let the 
let the people who actually need to pay their respect be there and then we'll come back some other day. So I convinced Bertrand that we should go back home and it was probably, you know, nothing. We just, we, we were home doing nothing. TV, watch the news over and over. That was it. These interviews were all recorded shortly before the one-year anniversary of the Paris attacks, which was on November 13th, 2016. There's only been one other time that I've been scared for my life, and Paris was the second. Um, I can't even remember the first, so clearly I must have not been that scared, but I will for sure remember Paris uh, forever. Um, the thing that always plays in my mind is during the stampede if I was with Abby and Aaron um, that would have been absolutely terrifying um, because we would have been holding him and trying to run and I just think about that over and over and over um, you know and if it's just me alone running you know I feel fairly equipped if something's going to happen it's going to happen to me but to know that if I'm with my wife and my son um Yeah, that was a hard thing to process after, um, and probably something that'll stay with me. It makes me think about other places in the world where people have to run or where you have to be fearful for your life. The Islamic State group has claimed responsibility tonight for the Berlin truck attack that killed a dozen people and injured 50. Leading rights organization Amnesty International has said the Myanmar's attacks on the country's Rohingya Muslims may amount to crimes against humanity. Let's return to Nigeria, where Bama town in Borno State has been left in ruins. People in rebel-held parts of eastern Aleppo, dozens of bombs were being dropped on his neighborhood. I, I think you can't imagine... What, what's life like now inside the Eastern part of Aleppo? Yes. And what did this? Oh, everything okay? Is everything okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. I, I want to tell you that this is this is what's going on here now. It's it's horrific. It's a kind really. Of, of, it's about an extermination. Believe me. Hey everyone, Ngofen here. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts, so feel free to send me an audio message. Um, the information to do all that is in the episode description. Um, also, there's actually a second part to Kevin's story. On the Saturday morning, he finds out that one of his friends was at the Bataclan concert hall and is missing. I'll be posting part two in the next week or so. It'll be in French, but there'll also be a link to the full audio on YouTube with subtitles. Next month will be another episode. My friend Austin helps me tell my story. So we'll see you then. Thanks again. Please leave your message. Hi, this is Andy calling from Wiesbaden, Germany. The Power is Out is produced by Gofen and Putubele. Mixing by Brandon Buller. Music today by Wood Spider, Mon Plazer, Tom Cody, and Nathan Heck. Check out the episode description for the full music credits. And see you next episode. The tears that couldn't come out on that day or the few days after, they're more ready to come out now 
So there's a lot of emotions that come to me whenever we talk about it and someone tells me that they lost someone or someone was hurt. So yeah, it's it's not over like the the grieving is not over. Um but again, I still feel so lucky that I'm still there and everyone I know is still there that it's okay to keep on grieving.